podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Live in the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late-round quarterback, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Denny, what's going on, brother? Dude, I'm, I'm licking my wounds from last week in Daily Fantasy. That, that's, that's what's going on with me right now. Oh, well, I'm licking I'm, I'm looking my own uh, after the, the Pirates just, uh, just lost the Cardinals, literally a second ago. We, we waited for this podcast to start because of the pirates right and then we decided we were just going to talk about licking <laughs> <laughs> and then we just, then we just decided to talk about licking <laughs> uh, oh, unbelievable what, what 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 uh went wrong with with daily fantasy this week yeah i i think uh i just i just got too cute in some circumstances like i thought you know i i thought i could go like super cheap on on running backs um you know guys like uh like rashad jennings and like garrett blunt and then I saved all my money for the big wide receivers, naturally, uh, Victor Cruz and, and Megatron. Oh, of course. Yes. yes. So, you know, c- combined, uh, Cruz and uh, Calvin Johnson scored seven points this week. So. <laughs> yes. I love it. I, that's, those are the joys of, of daily fantasy football. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, and I, 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 yeah, I mean, I, I told you I, I had uh... – I had I had fourteen FanDuel games going, and I started six of them on Thursday, and every single one on Thursday that I started had Calvin Johnson. Yeah, you know, you know what, it, and I'm sure that his owners in redraft leagues feel the same way. But um, for him to miss a whole week of practice is not unprecedented, you know. Right, right. Um, I mean, they're very, very careful with them, and rightfully so. Uh, but but I mean, he's he hasn't missed a game, I think, in like two and a half seat three seasons, something like that. Yeah. So it, that that was a shock, but man, I got steamrolled in uh in 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 daily. I'm I'm I um I'm trying to I'm reading I'm rereading parts of my book, trying to remind myself that it's not the end of the world. But whoo boy. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um. So I mean, we're we're uh we're we're through five weeks now. We had I think we had a pretty good week last week with with, with regards to streaming. Would you agree? Yeah. I mean, amazingly, usually when we have a really good week and. In our streaming picks, I do pretty well in well in you know in all formats, but um, but yeah, we did. Um, I, I guess uh, with with the defenses, um, who do we have here? I think we had we had the Falcons, which obviously didn't really. I mean, it, but it wasn't terrible. We 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 talked about this on on G Chat and whatnot. How right. how the Falcons were were a boomer bust play, and we mentioned that on the podcast last week. And clearly, I mean. You know, it wasn't so much a bust. I, I still think they they came out in the green, correct? Uh, yeah. In terms of fantasy points, but yeah. but you know, uh, Geno Smith played the game of his life. Yeah, and I I also think that um, like I guess like we learned with the Vikings a few weeks ago, um, a team that's that soft, um, especially in the secondary, uh, is is a really huge risk. Uh, I you know going forward, um, I I would be hesitant to use the Falcons in any streaming circumstance, even at home, uh, because uh, that, that defense is actually just, just really bad. And now without Julio and maybe without Roddy for, for some time, um, you know, they're, they're going to have their backs against the wall. So I guess lesson learned there. Yeah. But we also had, we had the Panthers who didn't do too. I mean, you know, they didn't do horribly against the Cardinals uh, in Arizona. Uh, And then we also had obviously the chiefs because for some reason, people are not picking up the Chiefs' defense in fantasy football. Right, they were available in eighteen percent of leagues going into last week's waiver wire claims. That's that's incredible. I think what, was there one more, or, or is that covering them all from a defense? Yeah, I mean the Rams' defense was uh, it was sort of an obvious streaming choice since they were playing Jacksonville, and um, they were a top ten uh, uh, fantasy defense uh, last week. Uh, that wasn't a particularly difficult one to um to bank on but uh, i actually in in my fake football column i i mentioned the browns uh against the bills nice um and uh i i believe they were a top eight option in week five uh and i'll, I'll talk about the browns defense a little later um but 
you know, they, they look they look tough against that um, Bills offense. Not that the Bills offense has been, you know, lighting the world on fire, sure. but it was uh, it was encouraging to see. Yeah, absolutely. And and the again, if you're if you're able to play a defense as playing the Jaguars, you play them. And, and we saw oh, okay. we saw another pick six this past weekend. Uh, right. Every every I believe the Rams ended up with double digit fantasy points. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So that's that's yeah. that's every week now that there's been double digit fantasy points using a team that's play a defense that's played against the Jaguars. So that yeah. that that in itself is pretty telling. Yeah, it's almost uh, it's not, it, you can almost take it to the bank at this point, which is is weird to say because I mean some some of these defenses are, are really bad. Like the Rams defense, terrible, uh, has been just scorched terrible. by their offenses. Yeah. So it, it's it's not like we're talking about like a legit uh, defensive unit. I, I would also say and and. I know this sounds a little crazy to a lot of you know the hardcore types who are listening out there, but um, uh, if if the Bronco if the owner of the Broncos defense was totally disgusted after they were destroyed, annihilated by Tony Romo and the Cowboys last week, and dropped them, yeah. not knowing who they're playing this week, then obviously I don't have to tell you guys he, uh, the Broncos are the number one defense this week at home against the Jaguars. Yeah. So. If for some reason you're the owner of your of your of your local Broncos defensive unit, it's it just it was just horrified by that performance and dropped them. They can do everything you can to get them. Yeah, and unfortunately, the way that FanDuel uh, kind of I, I don't know if, if you've looked at the way that they like they they grade or they they put a salary to a player, but there's never there's never a significant jump in a player's value. They usually do it very gradually, but, but for whatever reason, I guess it was, it was pre Von Miller issues and whatnot, but the the Broncos were always a very costly defense. So from a, from, from a daily standpoint, they're, they're actually the most expensive defense this week uh, on FanDuel, which is a shame. Yeah. Um, I I would say, and I'm going to write about this uh, for XN sports tomorrow, uh, Thursday, uh, uh, that um, the Broncos are pretty affordable on star fantasy leagues. Uh, they're kind of middle of the pack. And so I think that they're kind of an extreme value as a middle of the pack right. uh, you know, price point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so the other, the other outside of defense, the other uh, players we had, uh, I think I had my personally the best quarterback streaming week that I've had all season long. I had, yeah, man. yeah you stepped up. Wow. Yeah. I had, uh, I had prior who obviously, um, you know, he turned up a, a two, two touchdown, uh, passing game against, against uh, an awful Chargers secondary. So that, that was kind of an obvious play. I think he ended up with like 18 to 20 standard fantasy points. Um, and then Phillip rivers who I, I kind of, I kind of grouped rivers and Bradford together because at the time, uh, the majority, uh, you know, over 50% of, of leagues had them owned, but there were still a, a large amount of leagues that didn't own either one of them, and, and both of them had great fantasy days. And then my boy, Geno Smith, Man. he really, really stepped up. He had three touchdown passes. He had a crazy quarterback rating against the Falcons. Um, and, he, and he, too, I mean, he was a – I think he was a, a low-end QB1, high-end QB2 last week in terms of fantasy points. So – uh, I would say that this this was a, a great week for fantasy streamers. You had you had so many quarterbacks last week that were elite options entering the season that just finished outside of the top twelve, including like guys like Aaron Rodgers, uh, Cam Newton. I mean, there were there Matthew yeah. Stafford wasn't even in the in the top twelve. I mean, there were obviously with Stafford it was it was a, the Megatron effect, but there right. were there were tons and tons of quarterbacks that didn't that didn't hit the top twelve. Whereas a guy like Ryan Fitzpatrick decides mm-hmm. to run for 190,000 yards against the Chiefs and he ends up as a top 12 quarterback. So, you know, it's just it's just more fuel to the fire and it's awesome to right. see and uh, uh it was it was a good week for streaming quarterbacks. Yeah. I actually have a little table here if you don't mind me uh reading, Do reading it. through it real quick. It, it's it's pretty amazing. It's it's just going through waiver wire quarterbacks versus elite quarterbacks for week 5. So, you have um uh, Jay Cutler, who's owned in less than half fantasy leagues, God, finishing yeah. as as a third ranked quarterback of week five. Geno Smith at number five, with Sam Bradford at number six, Fitzpatrick at seven, uh, Pryor at eight, Philip Rivers at eleven, and then you look down way down the list and you find Cam Newton at twenty six and Tom Brady at twenty eight. Yeah, that's insane. And, and and that that just shows that I was completely off. I was about seven ranks below. Uh, each of the guys that I had I had chosen when I just said 
that they were oh yeah they were like low end QB ones or high end QB no they were they were legitimate QB ones guys legitimate QB ones last week yeah and I mean obviously Romo and Manning were on another planet um, yeah last week but I mean Fitzpatrick listen I I I really believe that Fitzpatrick had four passing yards coming into the second quarter yeah. It, and he finished a twenty point nine fantasy point. How many do you have the, his rushing yards up? Because he had over fifty rushing yards and a rushing touchdown, correct? And a touchdown. Yeah, but you know that, that's that's the key, man. You know, with, with those rushing touchdowns yeah. are just so big. They are They're, with 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 quarterbacks and and streaming. I, and that, that's why I think Pryor is is gonna yes. kind of maintain that 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 high no that high floor. Yeah. You know, not necessarily a, not necessarily a ceiling that's that's out of control. But that floor that that you know going in that you know that he's gonna he's gonna rush he might rush for a touchdown he's become a, a really solid pocket passer you know that that's that's why I really like him as a top twelve option pretty much every week yeah and you know what I, like I don't have him on my, prior on my on my three streamers uh, quarterback streamers list this week uh, just because of his matchup but one thing that is very intriguing with prior against the Chiefs is that the Chiefs did struggle against Michael Vick running the football on that thir- during that Thursday night game. And then we saw Ryan Fitzpatrick able to run the football against them uh, last weekend. So there, there's there's some potential there for Terrell Pryor to have one of his better rushing yardage games uh, from a fantasy perspective this week. But that's not something that I'm necessarily going to bank on. But it's something that if you do own Terrell Pryor, which Personally, I do in in a few leagues, in a few deep leagues, where I can't necessarily dip into the pool, into the quarterback pool, and pick out a guy that's going to be usable this week. I'm I'm still okay with starting Terrell Pryor this week. Me too. I'm I'm starting him over Colin Kaepernick in one league. Yeah. Just yep. if that gives you any kind of idea. Yeah, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Um, the the tight ends that we had, man. Uh, again, you know, I, you had you had uh, Beard McGrath. Uh, oh yeah, right. Which I mean, that, that didn't pan out too too horribly, I don't believe. And then the right, he he scored eleven and a half uh, PPR points. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, we we both kind of talked up Charles Clay, which we're gonna do every single week. I, I mean, we're not gonna talk about him this week, but in general, Charles Clay guys should be owned in every fantasy league. Pe- yeah. Period. He's a he's a I think he's the eleventh or twelfth ranked tight end right now. Actually, no, I think he's higher. Uh, but. He, he he is most definitely one of the few high floor guys that you can find out of the tight end position. He's like a glorified, uh, you know. Before I compared him to Jermaine Gresham a few weeks ago from a from a floor perspective. Now I'm saying he's a glorified Jermaine Gresham. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a he's a number nine tight number end. Number nine, yeah. And then the other guy uh, that that I kind of threw out there from a process of elimination standpoint was Kellen Winslow, who ended up. Uh, Getting a touchdown from from Geno Smith. It was the streaming touchdown that I I had tweeted you about, Denny. Yeah, I know that that was amazing. A streamer to a streamer. I felt like it was like uh, it was it was like the universe speaking to us. Yeah, I think that they were. I think the uni- the universe was created for for tight end and quarterback streaming. <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very small minded universe. <laughs> yeah, that's all they, they don't. I mean, the universe doesn't really care about humanity. They only it only cares about humanity for the purposes of tight end and quarterback streaming. Right. For, forget forget that all of this is is truly meaningless in the in the in the big <laughs> in the big picture. Just to, the the universe is a huge sports fan, and specifically of streaming positions. Yes. Obviously, of course, of course. So that that kind of wraps up the the. What what was week five? I think that overall it was again a successful streaming week. Um, you know the it, it, it this season has already proven that that the strategy is effective and it's working. And obviously there are outliers like Jimmy Graham and and Peyton Manning that will hopefully for, for from our standpoint kind of fall back to earth a little bit. But even if they don't, you can't necessarily go into a season knowing for sure that something like that is going to happen. Right, I mean, hindsight is so is so incredibly easy to you know to to apply to these situations, um, but you know by by not taking Peyton Manning at his ADP wherever that was, I forget right now. Um, yeah, you like were fourth, fourth or fifth round, probably. Yeah, I mean, wow, that sounds like a ridiculous value at the moment. <laughs> but I mean, wow, but um, but you know, but you're you're basically you were you were uh, gambling on him not having perhaps the greatest quarterback season of all time. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I mean, how unlikely was that on on your, on your fantasy draft day? If someone were to say, you know, is Peyton Manning going to have 
this epic season that will go down in history probably i mean i'm just i'm just saying oh, he's on pace to do amazing things right um then you would have said no i'm gonna skip him so. right and, and that's the thing i mean I'm, I'm still getting tweets from people saying that the strategy was was false was incorrect and and to uh, me I'm, I'm i'm sitting there and i'm like if you don't get it this year if you can't comprehend it this year you're never gonna get it right i mean you're just not. look at rogers newton brady I mean, you know, look at these guys um, over the first five weeks uh, and, and you know, compared to streaming options like Rivers and Pryor. And, I, you know, I think that's a pretty, <laughs> it's a pretty yeah. solid argument right now. Yeah, I mean, even if even if those guys – because, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that Aaron Rodgers is going to step up his game. And he's had some pretty tough matchups this season. But, you know, regardless, it's like if you can't, if you can't see – that, that quarterback streaming is effective given the turnover in the top 12 of quarterbacks each and every week. You know, a lot of people like to look, for, for whatever reason, a lot of people like to look at the, the downside of the turnover at running back and the turnover at wide receiver. when and, and then they just completely ignore what's going on at quarterback. And they completely ignore that you're only starting one quarterback compared to multiple running backs and multiple tight ends. And and for whatever reason, you know, they they stick with, with that and that idea that getting a quarterback early matters, uh, and, and then they and then they use Peyton Manning as evidence as to why it matters. And and really, you know, you can't you can't predict history. It, it, it predicting history is is something that you know you can you can try to bet for, uh, but but to me, it, it it's not gonna it's not gonna win you fantasy games. It's not gonna win you fantasy seasons. I'll leave. Uh, you know, I'll leave. Uh... Uh, predicting history to the devil worshippers out there. That's yeah. that's yeah. that's what I it's think stupid. That best fit. For and it. it's the same thing. Um, it's the same thing that happened in that 2011 season with quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that I, I really think I really feel like like the streaming community really really missed an opportunity here with uh, Brian Hoyer's season. Yeah, that's injury. true. Uh man, you know I I um I mean I had him going in a couple. Of right, weeks, you so. cried in the shower. I, I was in a pretty dark place. <laughs> But, um, but I, I I really think that that he had way more than just kind of short term value. I think he was going to throw it a lot. He you know he obviously was locked on to Gordon and, and Cameron, um, and you know what what better targets, especially in the red zone, could you have? You know, yeah. um, so I you know we, we I guess we won't know, and I, I don't expect Brandon Whedon to uh, to do anything close to what Hoyer was doing. Um, but, uh, but man, I, I just feel like Hoyer could have been the, the guy to point to at the end of the year and be like, Hey man, yeah. this guy, this guy was, 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 you know, an afterthought of an afterthought yeah. to start the season. And he finished as a top, whatever quarterback, you know, the, I think the whole reason that Brian Hoyer was so attractive from a streaming perspective is because he was so fearless. Like, you yeah. know, he, Brandon Whedon, it, basically Brian Hoyer is what we wanted out of Brandon Whedon entering the season. And we just, yeah, we want just, just chuck the ball. Just give it to your playmakers. And 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 Brandon Whedon is indecisive. And I mean, I'll tell you what, I'm afraid of what's going to happen to him this weekend against against the Lions. I mean, some people are thinking that he's a decent streaming option, and I'll I'll get into into my quarterback streamers. But the Lions on their their secondary is not only much more improved than it was in, in years past, but that pass rush is just going to eat Whedon alive. And, and and I I fear uh, for for what's going to happen to him this weekend. I'm scared for you, Brandon. Very scared, quite scared. All right, Denny, let's get into the uh, defensive streamers this week. Who do you got? All right. Uh, well, <laughs> I have a few, and like 17 of them, right? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I have 32 streaming options this week. Um, <laughs> that doesn't even make sense because I think there are four teams on by, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, no, you have the, of... the Toronto uh, Argonauts. <laughs> Who are playing the Jaguars and obviously you stream. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I got a lot of crap from people this week when I uh, released my week six defensive streamers. And I, I totally get it, although I, I tried to explain what, what I was doing in the uh, article. It didn't go over well. But um, uh, first, of, first and foremost, like I mentioned, the Broncos, they're out there in a couple – like three or four percent of leagues get them the Bengals are available in 20 or were available in 21 percent of leagues you know before waiver wires process this week uh they're playing at buffalo 
And uh, there's someone named uh, Thaddeus Lewis playing quarterback for Buffalo this week. Uh, so um, uh, if the Bengals are out there, you, you get them. And if the Texans are out there, you get them. Okay, they're playing the Rams. Mm-hmm. Just just get them and stream them if they're out there. The ten per- there are ten percent available. So now I'm done with that. I'll get to real streaming options. Um, the uh, a lot of people ask or we're looking pretty much for just confirmation on the Lions against the Browns. And um, like JJ mentioned, uh, uh, you know the Lions pass rush and Brandon Whedon's seemingly you know total lack of pocket awareness. Um, makes for a, prob- a good combination for the Lions. Um, I have the Lions uh, as as a top, uh, I think top thirteen mm-hmm. uh, defensive unit this week. Uh, so you know I'm not low, you know particularly low on them, um, but I'm higher actually on the Browns uh, defense, and I'm, I'm really high on the Browns defense if uh, Megatron sits for another week, which. Uh, he wasn't spotted at practice today, and Jim Schwartz, head coach for Detroit, was uh, uh, kind of uh, rambling about, um, you know, uh, Calvin can still play if he doesn't practice all week, and it just sounded like like one of those um, kind of preemptive uh, strikes, excuses to say, hey, you know, Calvin might not practice all week, and hopefully he can go on game day. So, yeah. Um, if uh, we all saw that the, the the Lions' offense does does not tick uh, without Megatron, as as any offense would struggle, but um, I I think that the Lions actually become uh, a target of defensive streamers and should become a target uh, if if Megatron sits. The Browns have um, have allowed the eighth fewest uh, passing yards of any team in the league. Um, they've allowed two. This kind of uh, boggled my mind two passing touchdowns this season wow uh, yeah two uh no, no team is close no team is as even close to to, to that 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 you know little amount of touch uh touchdowns through the air that's partly due to joe hayden becoming you know i guess for all intents and purposes his own little island maybe yeah. like you know rebus island jr um you know, we saw what he did to aj green a couple weeks back so mm-hmm. uh if anybody can uh kind of uh, contain Megatron, then then it, it probably is Hayden. Uh, so I I really like the Browns at home, um, and uh, and then my second streamer is uh, the Jets against uh, JJ Stillers. Thanks. Um, uh, I I know that you know Pittsburgh is coming off a bye. Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, provides you know some relief to that offense, some some threat of a run uh, of a running attack. Um, and so I don't think that the Steelers are uh, kind of the, the easy target that they were before mm-hmm. uh, Bell came back and, and looked so good against the Vikings in London. Um, but the, uh, they, they were allowing 15.3 fantasy points per game to defenses um, before, uh, before that Vikings game. So they, they have been generous, um, and uh, the Jets have been uh, a, a top 12 fantasy defense twice this year uh and according to pro football focus they uh have the league's top rated run defense so um my thought here is that the jets are at home um perhaps they could um shut down the uh up up and coming running game of the steelers and um and 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 force turnovers through the air like the uh the steelers were so want to do in the first few weeks of the season so that that's who I'm rolling with the Browns, Jets, and obviously if they're out there, uh, for the love of God, pick up the Texans and the and the and the Bengals. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yes. It, it's it, like like we were talking about earlier. It's a very very it, it's an odd week for for defensive streaming. Yeah, it it's is. Tough. It, it bye weeks bye weeks kind of get ugly. Yeah, because um, you lose. I mean, I know it's a, it doesn't sound like a big deal to lose two potential streamers or four potential streamers, I guess. But, but it really does like, like these are the dog days of, of streaming defenses, man. Yeah. It's tough. But, but at the same time, it's like the, the, the teams that have good defenses really still aren't gaining much of an edge because there's, there's no, uh, there, there's a, a true lack of consistency from drafting a, a defense early to how they're performing during the year. Right. And, and I, I actually talked about this in my fake football column this week is, that you know Seattle is um, 
is second in fantasy points, way, way miles behind the Chiefs. Um, uh, but, you know, that I, I, I kind of see people chirping a little bit on the Twitters about, uh, man, see, I told you the Seahawks were, were uh, um, a solid uh, option at their ADP. Um, their ADP, according to uh, Fantasy Football Calculator, and I, I know a lot of people don't subscribe to that because it doesn't really reflect like like hardcore fantasy sentiment, um, but it reflects regular people. Yeah, and you know, and the Seahawks ADP was was five ten was the tenth pick. Oh of the my fifth. god, are you serious? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so you know, we're not talking about like. Like okay, you wasted a ninth round pick. You wasted a fifth. That's round like pick. that's like paying fourteen dollars for a gumball. <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, that doesn't even make um, any sense. I mean, <laughs> um, basically, uh, the opportunity cost uh, of of drafting Seattle's defense at that mark was uh, were guys like Pierre Garcon, Wes Welker ish. Uh, jo- yeah, Jordan Cameron. Uh, Welker went a little before. Okay. Um, Tony Gonzalez, Torrey Smith, Michael Vick, who, Antonio Brown. Yeah. Boom. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah. So I mean, you know, right right now, if if you gave you know any sane fantasy owner the option, would you have the Seattle defense or you know uh, Pierre Garcon right. or Tony Gonzalez? That you know, obviously the the choice would be right. the player, not it's the freaking defense. Unbelievable! It's unbelievable. Um, all right, well, I'll get into, uh, into some quarterback streamers now. Um, it, it, I, I've been saying Jay Cutler for a while now, and I'm not gonna, I, won't, I won't necessarily bring him up as one of my three streamers, but I do want to mention that two weeks ago, and I, I wrote about this, two weeks ago I mentioned that you should pick him up, and at the time he was the quarterback 19, and right now, as we speak, two weeks later he's the quarterback 11 in fantasy football. Pick him up. He has still has four more solid matchups coming up. Uh, and I, I think that he's, he's most certainly worthwhile a, uh, a, a, a quarterback spot on, on your roster. Uh, if you have kind of a questionable guy starting. So I just want to start off with that, uh, with regards to Cutler, the, the, the first guy, uh, to stream this week is Alex Smith. He's still out there in 40% of leagues. He's owned in 60% of ESPN.com leagues. Um, so, okay, let's, let's assume that maybe he's, he's there in 30% of leagues instead of 40. Um, but he's playing Oakland and Oakland is 23rd against opposing quarterbacks in terms of fantasy points. And they just gave up 411 yards to Phillip rivers. And I, I, you know, I don't expect a Alex Smith to throw the ball downfield like Phillip rivers will and B for Alex Smith to throw the ball, I think 48 times like Phillip rivers did. Uh, but again, I think that Alex Smith uh, you know, he probably won't turn the ball over as much as Rivers did against Oakland on on late Sunday night, Monday morning, if you will. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't expect that to happen. Um, and, and, you know, the thing with Alex Smith that people don't realize is that he's averaging uh, two to four, fan, you know, three-ish fantasy points on the ground this year. Uh, mm-hmm. So so that gives him, you know, that I wrote about that today. That essentially takes away one of his turnovers if he does turn the ball over. So. That you know, it seems minimal, but when you're looking at a, a QB one compared to a QB two, obviously it's just going to be a couple points that can differentiate the two. Um, sure. The Oakland defense is giving up an average of, of two touchdown passes a week. It's in Kansas City, um, and, and like I said, I don't, I you know, I, obviously I like Alex Smith because I'm talking about him, but I don't mind his opponent Terrell Pryor either. Uh, he's not necessarily one of my three uh, streaming options this week, but but in terms of you know, if you're managing your team. You don't want to just drop Terrell Pryor because he has this tough matchup. You know, I think that if this is a week where you might just just plug him in there, and and if there aren't other options available, or if you're in a position where you can't drop someone on your bench for uh, a streaming quarterback to plug in for Terrell Pryor, I, I think that starting Terrell Pryor will still be okay. I still think that you'll get maybe like you know twelve to fifteen fantasy points and still be all right at the position. Um, yeah. I agree with that. So, uh, yeah, go ahead. Just a quick note on on Alex Smith. We talked at the beginning of the season about how he was going to see a, a a boost in uh, in uh, attempts, you know, from his days in San Francisco. And right now, um, he's eleventh uh, among all quarterbacks in pass attempts. He's only three pass attempts behind uh, Tony Romo and um, five behind Philip Rivers, who has been you know chucking it all over the yard. So. Uh, that, that's that's a good sign because he's going to need volume. 
to compensate for that really that extremely low um, you know yards per attempt that he has. Yep, totally. Um, the the other uh, another streamer I have is I I hate to say it, uh, but it's Joe Flacco. Oh no, God. I I don't like this at all. Uh, I hate his weapons. I hate the way he's been playing. I hate all of that. But you know, objectively, Joe Flacco plays better at home. That's proven. Uh, he plays a Packers team that that ranks twenty fourth against the pass this year against against opposing fantasy quarterbacks. Um, I, I don't think that he has a crazy high ceiling, but he's gonna have to keep up with Aaron Rodgers, and I think that's that's big enough for him to be a decent streaming option this week in, in probably deeper leagues, I would say. Um, yeah, I, I actually have him as the same. Um, I, I think I have him as QB six, 16 this week, which is like 10 spots higher than I usually have. Yeah, right, right, right. You know, he's he's got he's got more opportunity this week than he than he definitely has this season. He's been miserable. The, the fact that I, get, I still get people talking about, should I pick up Terrell Pryor for Joe Flacco? It's like, oh. why is Joe Flacco on your roster? I know it, it I blows know. me away. Blows me I away. Know. I think that's just a, a a matter, you know, of the the real football versus fake football thing, where it's like, hey, you know, he he won the Super Bowl. Right. He can't be that bad, right? Except if it was up to me, he sucks at both. <laughs> hey oh, have you ever gone into detail on that? Or... Yeah, never. Yeah. <laughs> never. No, I really, I really do think it's a thing where it's like. It's like, hey man, I saw this guy playing in the Super Bowl. He played pretty well. I'm picking him up next yeah. year. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Yeah, I, I definitely think that's the case, without a doubt. It's actually interesting though. I've seen I've seen people tweeting this week about how some uh, some leagues, like ten team leagues, have seen Colin Kaepernick get dropped. Whew. I know this is that Colin Kaepernick isn't Joe Flacco. I'm just thinking Super Bowl. Yeah. No. You're, I mean, well, I mean, what you said, twelve team. Uh, ten team. Or- yeah, well, I mean, he's not—he's not even close to the top ten. So yeah, I mean, the the problem with that with that team right now is that he he actually uh, I I wrote about it in in my week I do a I do a uh, you know x number of numbers through, that's a horrible way to phrase it but you know like the, <laughs> <laughs> this week I did uh, six numbers through week five. That's a, uh, that's a much better way of phrasing it. I felt like I was in algebra class. <laughs> X number of X number. Figure out X. Uh, so, yeah, I did six numbers through week five, and one of the things that I that I wrote about was that Alex Smith has more rushing attempts than Colin Kaepernick this year. I mean, that, wow. that shows you kind of the way that, that they're, that they're uh, moving in San Francisco. Uh, the defense is playing better, and that's not necessarily a good thing for Colin Kaepernick. No, I, I agree, and he's – I, I think of him kind of in the same uh, same vein as as Russell Wilson, where you know they're going to go off occasionally, but oh, you know, week to week, it's it's tough to say because you know they they have their run games, they have their defense, they have their special teams. They're they're not asked to do a, a whole lot sometimes. But I, I just wanted to point out real quick that Terrell Pryor, who has played four games, mind you, um, has seventy. 0.7 fantasy points right now. Um, Colin Kaepernick, who's played five games, has 74.2 fantasy points. So less than four point difference between those two. And and Con- Kaepernick has played another entire game. You know that's that's kind of crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And, and and this is the thing that I think people didn't really or, and still don't comprehend with with fantasy quarterbacks run, running fantasy quarterbacks. It's not and Rich Rebar, our buddy yeah. uh, at Lord Reeves, did a, a phenomenal article on Number Fire about a month ago uh, that that got tweeted around, got read by a lot of people um, about how how Terrell Pryor and his situation is like a cheat code, right? Uh, in in terms of standard fantasy scoring, and and what Rich was showing was that a a quarterback that that runs the ball as much as Terrell Pryor will and as much as Tim Tebow did. It didn't really matter what his passing metrics looked like as long as they were consistently running the football. And in and, and a guy that um, you know ran the football, I think it was 70 or more times in the season, might have been 80, uh, but 70 or more times in the season, uh, ended up being at least a, a low-end QB1 or a high-end QB2. And, and that's what he was showing. But the problem, I think, with the fantasy community in general is they think that running quarterbacks equate to elite quarterback, uh, quarterback play in fantasy – 
But what it actually does is it just, you know, a guy like Kaepernick or a guy like Russell Wilson, their passing metrics actually equate to what Carson Palmer did last year in Oakland. Uh, and, and what their running metrics do is that it catapults them to that QB1 status. And I think what people kind of misunderstand is that they think that uh, a guy like Kaepernick or Wilson, because of their rushing metrics, they're automatically going to be t- high-end QB1s. But because of their because of the, the teams that they play around and because of the fact that they're, they're not as good of passers as Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, and Peyton Manning. They're just not. And, and, and it hasn't happened yet. We haven't seen a guy that can throw the ball as effectively as, as a guy like a Manning or a Brees or, or a Rodgers or a Brady that can also run the ball like Colin Kaepernick or Russell Wilson. We haven't seen that yet. And a lot of people think that it's going to be Cam Newton, or it could have been Cam Newton, but he clearly hasn't shown that yet either. So, you know, a, a lot of the, the, the running quarterback thing, I know that I'm going on a, a slight rant here. Can I just count this as my rant? Sure. Okay, this is my rant. The whole, <laughs> the whole running quarterback thing, uh, you know, I, I just think, I think that people need to understand that it's about going from a low-end QB2 to a high-end QB2 slash low-end QB1 rather than going from a high-end QB2 to a high-end QB1. There's a big mm-hmm. difference between the two, and I think that's what, what people need to grasp. You know, uh, uh, Rich Rebar also mentioned back in, like, June in, in an article for XN Sports that um, Colin Kaepernick is not a running quarterback. Um, yeah. You know, uh, by design. Right. He's not. Right. And 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 it, that he had an article that, that that tried to sort of take him out of that group of of running quarterbacks because it you know it's 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 very easy to say okay well you have RG three Russell Wilson and Colin Kaepernick as the new uh, you know running quarterbacks the new crop of running quarterbacks and what Rich found in in the 49ers play calling and the way they used uh, Kaepernick last season was that that wasn't at all true so. You know, he sort of offered a warning, saying, "You know, if you're banking on Kaepernick, you know, get, you know, getting you four, five, six uh, points a, a game on the ground, you're mistaken." Yeah, uh, I it makes total sense, and I think we're already seeing that. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. So yeah, I'm I'm going to count that as my rant because my rant wasn't that good anyway. <laughs> How's that sound? How about how about we make a B side of this podcast where? You know, people can overpay for it, like the B side of a of a horrible <laughs> of a horrible band who thinks that they're the stuff that got cut off their album. So yes, yes. Uh, we'll, I'll, I'll clip it out. We're gonna we're gonna charge ninety nine cents for for rants from now on. Ninety nine dollars. Oh oh, I meant nine hundred ninety nine dollars. Let's let's do this. Okay. Um. So my third my third quarterback streamer, I had Alex Smith and Joe Flacco. Oh my gosh, those are streamers this week. Uh, I have. My my third one is just as putrid. I have Chad Henney. Uh he's he's playing against the Denver Broncos. And everyone listening right now is like, Oh my god, I'm not gonna start Chad Henney in my fantasy league. But he is going to be the garbage time special this week. He is on sale. Daily fantasy, he's like fifty three hundred dollars on FanDuel. Uh yeah. But but I mean he is he's he's you know, he's in that, that giant tub of five dollar DVDs at Walmart, but he's like He's like somehow he's got like a dollar ninety nine sticker on him. That's what Chad Henney is this week, and he's right. but he's worth it. You know, it's like a it's like a DVD that that should be like nineteen ninety nine, but he's only a dollar ninety nine. Right, he's like a uh, uh, like a quarterback version of a um, uh, a movie starring a Baldwin brother not named Alex. That's right. That's exactly what he is. He's a he is the garbage time special this week. <laughs> he's the garbage time special this week. L- listen to this. I know that you know Denver. It's a it's a minus twenty seven and a half point spread in favor of Denver, uh, um, which is insane. But just hear me out. Denver's given up at least two hundred ninety seven yards at least every single game, and they've given up at least a touchdown every single game. That in and of itself should get you at least a little bit excited about Chad Henney being a fifteen point fantasy guy this week. And, and yeah, I. Why not? Right, Why not? and and they, you know, they 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 are not solid. I mean, their defense is not solid. Uh, we saw that last week with Tony Romo. Even though Tony Romo played the game of his life, uh, you know, Chad Henney's going to get tons of opportunity. We shouldn't be surprised if he sees about fifty pass attempts. Justin Blackman is back, and he showed that that he's back last week uh, against against another putrid secondary in St. Louis. Uh, but but Chad Henney is a guy that I'm I'm totally buying in on this week. I think that he's a great play and. and if you're in a deep league, 
go for it. Seriously, go for it. Chad Henney is a guy that I, I really, really think will get you enough fantasy points, and he, he could break QB1 numbers this week. Sure, sure. I mean, what, look at any, any uh, you know, a living, breathing quarterback who's going to get two full quarters of garbage time is, wor- is worth your time, yeah. is worth your effort there. I mean, yeah. man, I, I, I totally, I, I'm totally on board with that. And especially if you're in a, if you're in a, t- uh, a daily uh, league with a, with a two quarterback format, mm-hmm. which I, there are a few out there, uh, Henny's got to be one of your, one right. of your quarterbacks because he is dirt cheap um, and uh, you know, which saves room for, for something else. But he also is, he's not dirt cheap and, and will get you five points, you know, yep. um, he's dirt cheap and, and has potential. Like JJ said, to give you 15, 20 points, depending on how things break, you know? Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. So, so that's it. I got, I got Alex Smith, Joe, Joe Flacco and Chad Henney. I feel like, I feel awful for putting these streamers out there, but seriously, I think that each one has an opportunity to, to crack QB one numbers. Uh, no one can blame you for uh, cherry picking there. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to the tight ends, Denny. Do you got any uh, streamers for us this week? I do. I happen to have one. Nice. <laughs> um, uh, Garrett Graham is my man for this week, <laughs> and and going forward, really, because um, as you may or may not have heard, Owen Daniels. Uh, who actually was one of our week one streamers because he was available in like 30% of leagues for some reason. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Owen Daniels is out for the next eight weeks at least uh, with leg injury. And um, I did some research in, uh, on it and, and wrote about it for XN Sports and found that Daniels was running uh, by a good margin the most pass routes among tight ends in, in the entire league. Um, he was running 41 pass routes a game. Wow! Uh, for the Texans, which is really like you know just just as far as the pass route research I've done over the past few months, um, that that jumps off the charts. I actually think I, you know, had like an audible gasp when I saw that that number, um, because really, I mean, if you, if you can get a guy who's running like 33, 35 routes a game, a tight end, mm-hmm. uh, then then you're doing really well. Um, so 41 is off the charts. Um, uh, Graham wasn't doing too bad himself as far as routes run, um, you know, before uh, before Daniels went down. Um, he was he was running uh, 25 routes a game, which is you know is pretty much like you know a lot of starting uh, tight ends, you know, like a Jared Cook type. He who shall not be named now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, so you know. I, I did a, a little you know fantasy point uh, uh, per route run breakdown of Garrett Graham's uh, prospects you know going forward and I tried I tried to be conservative with the projections because I, I don't want to overblow it um, but if he runs um, 35 pass routes a game then uh, he he should really average around uh, nine and a half standard fantasy points per game um, and if he runs the whole 41 routes that, that, that Owen Daniels was running um he's up to 11 a game I don't I don't think you know I don't I don't really think that that's fair for us to um project him uh that high right. but but hey you know nine points a game uh is is, fa- is fantastic that would actually put him right now um the seventh highest scoring um tight end in fantasy averages nine points a game mm-hmm. so you know that's um that's something to look look toward and and I have I have Graham I feel like I have to preface it with Garrett Graham every yeah, time I yeah, say, yeah. because I feel like I'm one day I'm going to be like, like you know, Graham's clearly a tight end one. Yeah, going, yeah. What? Of course he is. <laughs> yeah. As God, Jimmy's the best. Right. But, um, but yeah, Garrett Graham is uh, for me. Uh, he's the eleventh um, ranked uh, tight end for this week, and I feel like I'm kind of. I'm 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 a little scared to rank him higher, uh, but I would not blame anybody for playing him as using him as like a top seven or eight yeah. uh, guy. Um, although the Rams are not generous to tight ends, but I think that that's because um, teams just find it easier to um, you know uh, blow holes in the defensive line of the Rams and have the running back run for 200 yards a game. So, yeah. um, but uh, yeah, Graham's my guy for this week and going forward. 
uh, if he if he's on your waiver wire, get him. Just yeah, get him. Me... I don't care. I don't care who you have at tight end. Just get him. Yeah, let me tell you that literally while we were doing this podcast, I got a trade accepted. I I traded uh, my my wide receiver five uh, in Brian Hartline as well as Kyle Rudolph for Garrett Graham. Oh, that's great. In a, in a, in a, wow. in a 16 team league in this LRQB writers league that we're doing, I got Garrett Graham because there are no tight ends available at all. And like, literally I was, I was having to choose between Kyle Rudolph and, uh, and our boy, Sean McGrath. Uh, yeah. so, so it wasn't, it wasn't looking all that pretty for me. And I really wanted to get a guy that would be a potential game changer. And I think Garrett yeah. Graham could be that given the way I mean, they were using both him and Owen Daniels in that offense. Now Owen Daniels is gone. What are they going to do? They're going to go to Garrett Graham. It's that simple. Yeah. I mean, look at neither of them has a ton of value by themselves. I mean, uh, like like elite value by themselves. Right. I'm I'm sorry. They only have elite value by themselves. Right, right, right. Um, Together, you know, they're sort of in a a kind of a mini timeshare, just like Joel Dreesen was when he was with, with Houston. Yeah. Um, and and Daniels was kind of getting sniped by um, Dreesen, as as all Daniels owners know. Um, but but now Daniels is gone. Um, you know, I, I don't see why not. See that that's great. That's a great trade. I I'm actually I'm trying uh, to deal uh, Jared Cook and Greg Jennings, who is my wide receiver five and one late wow. for for Garrett Graham. And and I would be thrilled if that was accepted. Yeah, I thrilled. Yeah, I mean, I, I really think that this is the time. This week is the time to. Do a two-for-one deal. Get rid of a, a wide receiver that, that you've benched. I mean, like I said, it's a 16-team league. I still have guys like Torrey Smith, and I have Roddy White for when he's going to come back. And, and I, you know, in a flex spot, I can throw in a Le'Veon Bell. My team is looking up after after starting. I have I have Andre Brown, Le'Veon Bell, and Roddy White. So the the, the season started as, as bad as you could possibly imagine for me from a in, in a 16-team league. Uh, but yeah. but it's looking up now. I'm I'm pretty excited about having Garrett Graham in my squad. Yeah, all those guys are on the upswing. I mean, you know, Andre Brown. Maybe this is the discussion for another time. But yeah. he he has. Uh, I would say that that he has the edge to to be the guy. You know, yep. in New York when he when he returns. Yeah, let's all go cry in the shower, David Wilson. No, no. God almighty, I can't even. <laughs> it just. It just hurts. Oop. It actually hurts. Like it's it's actually physically painful. I, I do have to I do have to say too. Today was the day. I I think I mentioned on this podcast before. I I own Maurice Jones Drew in one league. One league out of I'm in about ten or tw- ten to twelve. Uh, one league. I said that very quietly because I don't want to sound too much <laughs> degenerate. But, ten to twelve. Yeah, like ten to twelve leagues. Uh, yeah. But but I own MJD in one league and I traded him today. I traded him and Julian Edelman and I got Lamar Miller, who I hate. I hate Lamar Miller. But anything is better than Maurice Jones-Drew right now. Anything, anything. Yeah, no, really, really. Like like a a beer that's been in a cooler in the heat. Yeah. For for like a week. Better. And it's all skunky and nasty. Better than better. Maurice Jones-Drew. I would drink out of a keg that is thirteen years old. <laughs> Rather than owning Maurice Jones and starting him, I actually think I would just take MJD at that point. Just I, I, I couldn't. I can't. Because I, I want to live. I, you can't, know? I can't. I would drink the beer. Give me the beer. Anyway, so we got Garrett Graham as our first tight end who you guys should pick up. Uh, the one guy that, that I wanted to talk about really, really quickly is Jordan Reed, who we've mentioned on here a couple times. I remember a few weeks ago, three or four, three or four weeks ago. I uh, I mentioned him as a streamer and he got two passes, but one of them was for a touchdown, which is kind of awesome. Yeah. Uh, but uh, he's owning 0.5% of ESPN leagues right now. He faces a team this year that is dead last at covering tight ends in terms of fantasy points. I, they got torched by Julius Thomas last week. That, that is the Dallas Cowboys. Um, and and let me just say the fewest the fewest points uh, that that in the fewest. Uh, the worst stat line, I should say, that the Cowboys have given up to an opposing set of team tight ends is to the Chiefs, who clearly don't have team tight ends. They don't have them. They're not. They don't exist. Sean McGrath is not a real thing. Uh, the, the, their their stat line was four receptions for fifty seven yards. So if we consider that, you know, Jordan Reed is is actually a pretty athletic guy, uh, and and he's proven early on to be an interesting target for RG three. And I think Fred Davis's stock is is pretty much worthless at this point uh you know so given that um and also outside of the chiefs i I should say this as well the lowest tight end team 
score in, in 0.5 PPR leagues has been 13. So just given that, I think that you're, you're able to see that, yeah, maybe, maybe Dallas isn't very good at, at covering tight ends. Uh, no. So Jordan Reed, Jordan Reed is a, a very decent ad this week. I've seen a lot of experts already talking about him and uh, adding them himself uh, in their, on their teams. I've seen, actually, I think someone today tweeted out that they dropped Julio Jones for Jordan, Chad Scott dropped Julio Jones for, for Jordan Reed, and he felt a little bit dirty for it. That's so sad. Oh, the saddest, God. right? It's like it's like burying a, a brother. Oh, jeez. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Dropping Julio Jones is... <laughs> jeez. Man, I should... Yeah. Well. <laughs> that's what, that, guys, that's what happens when your favorite baseball team loses in a five-game series. You just think the worst. Yeah, JJ's in a in a very dark place. Excuse him for the moment. Just just forget about what I'm saying. Other than my streamers, uh, you can just forget about everything but the streamers and maybe that that quarterback running rant that I had. Right. Uh, no. I, and listen, I I know how that that dropping Julio thing goes because I remember having to drop freaking Jamal Charles in 2011 uh, when he tore his ACL, it's dropping terrible. him for like like a like a tight end, like a backup tight end. I just. I like hit the I I hit the confirm button on the transaction, and I just went and like screamed well, in the into a pillow for think, about fifteen minutes. Think about it. You get one of the you have one of the best assets is the, at the position, and you're replacing it with with um the the beard tab that I have sitting in front of me. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it's it's just not good. It, you know what you know what it's like. It's like uh, uh, and you know maybe even more serious than this. Waking up. Uh, on the day after, you know, being a being a Bernie Madoff customer and waking up the day after the financial crash and realizing you're dirt you're dirt poor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's easily comparable to that. It, it's it's and, it's depression like 1929 like. And you have to trade in your your 20 bedroom mansion for you know a six bedroom uh, single family home. Absolutely. It's just awful. How can anyone live like that? Yeah, it's I, I, that that's that's actually pretty pretty. Uh, it's a pretty good metaphor and analogy to what uh, it's like for for a normal fantasy owner. <laughs> exactly it makes a lot. That's it's totally totally relevant. So that's it. We got Jordan Reed, Garrett Graham as the tight ends. Correct. That's all you got for yes. tight ends. Okay. That's right. And then uh, Chad Henning, Joe Flacco, Alex Smith, and then the Browns defense and the what was the other defense? Uh, Jets. The Jets defense. Oh yeah, against the Steelers. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> I hope. I hope that God that one is so wrong. Oh man. But it's not going to be. That's just the way the Steelers have played. Actually, did you hear about the the Todd Haley thing? Um, I saw something on on Twitter. Was it about his house? Yeah, essentially, the, the inside of his house is un is so bad that it's unsellable. So wow. so, so everyone's all up in arms about it and. It, the, the the builder is up in arms about it, and it's 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 quite uh, poetic in a way, because Todd Haley Todd Haley's offense is the exact same way. Are there are there like posters of Thomas Jones in? Yes, <laughs> yeah. I can I can picture like a like it's like in the you remember the movie Hook, right? Yeah, you know when he's walking through like when 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 Hook came to the house, uh, yeah, and 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 and. And Robin Williams is walking through the house and he's seeing seeing all the disaster that's gone on in the house. But but, but I'm picturing Todd Haley's house and there just being a, a a Thomas Jones poster that's been slashed through by Hook's hook. Yeah, it's just kind of yeah, hanging the, on the wall. He probably has like a collection of fat heads, including <laughs> yes. including, including Thomas Jones, Dexter McCluster. Yes. Uh, what other Kurt Warner has to be on there just because of what he did for his career. I mean, Kurt Warner is the reason that Todd Haley exists as a person. Right. I mean, yeah, he, he, he bought him, he bought him like eight years of, uh, <laughs> a, a professional career there. Yeah. He bought him eight years of multi-million dollar salary is what he did. Right. I mean, it's unbelievable it's failure every year. So it's, God. it's Thomas Jones, Dexter McCluster, Kurt Warner. And at this, at this point, I mean, he's gotta, he's gotta love Mike Tomlin because Tomlin was the reason that he got hired too. Do they make coach fat heads? Right. Oh yes, they do. Of course. Nice. Um, uh, probably, uh, John Baldwin is also <laughs> yeah, John Baldwin's that. for sure there. A Pittsburgh guy. Uh, he went to Pitt and then he, and then he got drafted by Haley. Of course. Yeah. Of course he's there. Oh, of course. Yeah. Man. Oh man. So I already ranted. Do you want to rant Denny? Yeah, I do. I'm glad you asked. Um, uh, I think uh, 
for lack of a better term, I think people's uh, expectations are so overblown at this point for for the for the guys they drafted early that it's it's borderline uh, insane the way that people I guess think that their studs should be performing. I've seen a lot of uh, um, you know people asking uh, on Twitter, you know, should I trade? Um, you know, should I trade Brandon Marshall? Should I trade even Jamal Charles uh, for for this and that and that? Because you know they really haven't delivered for me a whole lot this year. And I just so I just want to provide just a small reality check for some of the players um, that I've that I've heard a lot of complaints about. So Brandon Marshall through five games, five games now is the ninth highest scoring uh, tight uh, wide receiver in fantasy. Yes. He is uh, five points behind his teammate Alshon Jeffrey after last week's outburst. Um, but um, I don't expect it to stay that way. Uh, neither should you. Uh, he's delivering almost exactly how um, you you thought he would deliver when you drafted him, you know, in the in the late in the late second or, or early third round. Jamal Charles. I actually have gotten like three or four tweets over the past week saying, you know, I I know I, I like Jamal and all, but but is it time to sell him because you know he's really not doing much for 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 me right now? Jamal Charles is the number one running back in fantasy football right now. The number one he has 94 points. That's six points higher than than uh, Lachon McCoy. Um, I won't count Adrian Peterson since he's only played four games, but um, it's uh, 20 points higher than Marshawn Lynch. So, you know, I mean, when when you when you want to complain about a player. Complain about like a, a you know a legitimately disappointing player yes. like 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 my guy like my guy David Wilson complain about him okay uh, you know Willis McGahee has more fantasy points <laughs> than David Wilson now I, I actually have to ask you JJ if on like September first if someone said by the first week of October <laughs> who will have more fantasy points McGahee or Wilson. You would say Wilson, I know, okay, but then they would add the the second question would the follow would be, how much money are you willing to put on that? I'd put my life and, savings on it probably. And my that's the that's the scary part. <laughs> my scary. answer, my answer would have been like, would have been every, everything. But your child. Yeah, I mean the kid, the house, <laughs> the savings account, everything. I'm putting it in. I'm pushing it into the middle of the table. Here are my chips. I I'm gonna win this, and I would have lost. I would have lost. So you're basically saying that you would sell Xavier <laughs> to make that bet. <laughs> I well, I you know, I mean, I don't know, like not to like child labor or anything, but right, right, uh, like to a good family, you know, to a loving family. <laughs> that's right. You know? uh, <laughs> but. But I mean, I mean that that's first of all that shows how unpredictable things are. But but uh, but uh, what I'm saying is that also there shows are, how there poor are... of a father you are. Yeah. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Denny's a great I, dad, guys. He's a great dad. I feel I feel like I feel like you're fixating. On this <laughs> no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I'm promise. <laughs> but and yes, it is awful. But but there there are a lot of guys. Dwayne Bow. Dwayne Bow, yeah. I think, is you know kind of droppable in a lot of leagues yeah. at this point. Stephen Ridley. Stephen Ridley. Now these are guys to complain about. I've I've heard complaints about Frank Gore. Oh my god! Who 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 didn't third really, round ADP in mo- in some leagues? Yeah, he didn't have a a, a high price. You didn't have to um to, to to sort of you know cover your eyes and 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 hit draft on on draft day to get Frank Gore Frank Gore thinking you know thinking praying hoping that he would be a, a top running back. He's uh one two three four five six seven eight nine ten uh, eleven. He's the eleventh highest scoring. What a terrible! He's so bad. He's so bad. What's the complaint? I just don't. I don't get the complaint. I think expectations are overblown. And you know what? I I've I've been guilty of this too. I actually I drafted Ray Rice one year. I think it was the year he was supposed to really like take the reins of the Ravens' backfield. I think like 2010. And you know, I guess my expectations were you know like like 1800 yards on the ground like 50 receptions for how you know seven 800 yards just just a just a ridiculous year right mm-hmm. and after after eight games um you know i i thought oh man this was a disastrous pick what was i thinking he's really let me down 
and I checked the rankings, and I think he was like the ninth or eighth highest scoring running back in fantasy. Yeah. And I just I realized at that moment, wow, man, my expectations were so out of control yeah. to start the year. So, you know, just just watch the expectations and realize that, you know, not every week is going to be this gargantuan week for the guys that you took early. Uh, and uh, so there ends my rant. I'm done. I, I like it. I, I, we're, we're at the point in the season, too, where we have to uh, kind of disconnect our feelings from the beginning of the season and, you know, draft time. Uh, from these players because that's yeah. just not reality anymore. That's just not the yeah. way that it is. Whether it's David Wilson, whether it's a guy like, you know, some people are higher on Lamar Miller, for instance, who, you know, I, I'm not a huge fan of, but and, and he has had a couple of decent games, but, um, you know, just in general, it's not, it's not like he's going to be an RB one this year. Uh, and you gotta, you gotta just kind of walk away from, from your initial feelings about players and, and look at the game objectively. Mm-hmm. That's where your that's where that's where your literature really comes in into play, actually. Yeah, it's kind of shifting the mindset. Yeah, exactly. Uh, during the season, and yeah, and I I I have trouble with that because you know, look at if, if you burned a, a a first round pick on Chris Johnson, I mean you you're hating life right now, right. and and you're gonna hate life even more this week. I you know I think that Chris Johnson is barely. And uh, uh, an RB two yeah. this week against Seattle, barely. Right. Um, and uh, you know his his schedule really softens down down the road, and that's good for Chris Johnson owners. But you know it's just it's just a a thing. You know, like this week I'm starting. I would start Zach Stacy over Chris Johnson. And you know on draft day you'd be like, oh, that's crazy. But it's it's time to time to adjust. You know, not not just your strategy, but your the way you think about these players. Right. right. And that, that's actually something. So I had that, uh, that interview with the AP yesterday and they, the one that, the one that the, the it went, it went through the PR wire and whatnot and, and it, it got picked up on ESPN.com. And then now I, I have to announce on this, on this podcast that onesie is officially on ESPN.com. Yes. It is the best day ever. It also, <laughs> it also got picked up by Fox news. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so great. But right, no, no, that is that is that is cool. It'll be like Obama's America onesie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um, you know, in in the interview yesterday, I was I was, I was talking to to um Oscar about it. Uh, and, and I can shoot you his, his Twitter. I can't remember his Twitter handle off the, off the top of my head. But um, you know, it's this idea that um. I think that the beginning of the season really, really weighs heavily on the psychology of fantasy football owners. Uh, and and it, it's like, it's as if we ignore matchups and what goes on with those matchups. And we just say, this guy is good. Like think, think about week one, right? Everyone loved Jared cook. Everyone. My mom loved Jared cook and she has no idea who he is. And, and it was after week one. And so Jared cook becomes this hot commodity and now he started for the next three or four weeks in fantasy football. But Jared Cook is not 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 a very usable tight end. He's just not. It it hasn't it hasn't turned into that. It's just because that that initial start and that initial week was so big for him. So you're seeing you're seeing guys like a Chris Johnson, for instance, who at the end of the season, like you said, you know, week nine after his bye week is a great schedule. Uh, but but people are only going to look at his first half of the season and say, oh, he was a bust or he was. A, but but really, it, it shouldn't surprise anyone if he finishes the season as a as a low end RB two from a total pa- point standpoint. I was about to say pants from a total pants standpoint, but <laughs> that's a that's a different fantasy. <laughs> he league. has all of his pants, guys. Uh, right. But yeah, different fantasy league. But you know, it, it, it's it's understanding that that matchups really can dictate the way that you view a player early on in the season. So you have to be patient. You have to really look at those schedules. And you have to look at how things are shaping up moving forward and, and buy low and sell high and, and, and really work on that psychological side of the game in order to win. Yep. No, absolutely. It's, uh, it's difficult. It's really difficult to kind of break allegiances to guys that you were super high on or, or kind of accept that other, other guys are, are legit options every week options. But, um, if you don't, you know, if you don't do it, um, you're, you're sunk. Yeah, unless you're just right all the time, right? And and then you would be in a four-team league. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that that pretty much wraps it up for our uh, week six edition. Denny, do you want to plug anything that you've been working on? 
Uh, I will have, oh yeah, uh, tomorrow uh, on the fake football, Thursday morning on the fake football, uh, I'm going to have a, um, a, a 10 week uh, look at streaming defenses. Um, I'm not, I'm not going to lay out 10 weeks worth of streamers, but I'm going to give you uh, the, the, the five uh, teams that have the softest schedules uh the five defenses that have the softest schedules over the, over the next 10 weeks over the rest of the fantasy season um so maybe you can do some long-term planning nice that'll be very very helpful that uh, i'll use it because i get questions all the time about people thinking ahead which is great to think ahead yeah. but even i don't always think ahead in terms of, of fantasy defenses because there's just so much to think about in just one week if you have a deep if you have a deep bench there's there's really no reason not to just you know, scoop up this this defense or that defense and 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 uh, you know get get an edge. You know, yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of a kind of a poker move. Is just looking for any any little bit of edge that you can get on the competition. And um, you shallow benches can't do it, but but deep benches is, you could go all in to do that do that all the time. Yeah, totally like it. All right, well, uh, you can find Denny at CD Carter thirteen on Twitter and and also get his book uh, to help feed feeds little Xavier. Oh, little little baby. Whose hair is finally flattened. Oh, it's so sad. So sad. Uh, but I am JJ Zacharyson. You can find me at Late Round QB on Twitter, and I'll be on the Number Fire machine all the time, numberfire.com. Uh, but, yeah, thanks for listening, guys, and we will get back with you uh, next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the Internet Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.